Welcome to Married by Design. Do you find yourself consumed with things that you're going through and the challenges that you're facing? Do you see this as a time to try to maintain and protect rather than thrive and impact others? That's what we're going to be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to Married by Design. We've been looking in the series at the issues that we face during this very challenging time of COVID and all the related roadblocks. It really has been a stretching year of 2020, and now we're into 2021. Janet and I have been looking at the issue of how married couples can face these hurdles and even thrive in the midst of all the challenges that are before us. We want to encourage you to look back over the previous episodes and how to strengthen your relationship with each other and how to face the issues that are so commonly sources of struggle in people's hearts and lives. And yet, as Christians, God does give us the resources that we need in order to thrive in challenging times. He gives us His precious word of truth that if we merely read it and understand it and follow it, we'll we will begin to see progress in our own faith and the impact of the gospel in other people's lives. That's what we began to look at in last week's episode on love. Love in a biblical sense of sacrifice and care for others that are in need. It goes well beyond emotional feeling or response. We began to look at this idea of love and how sacrifice can be played out in all of our relationships. We challenged you last week to think about the ways that you can sacrifice for others. This is a part of what it means to love. We see this so clearly in the cross when God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We had a great need, and the Father responded by sacrificially sending his Son to live among us and die on the cross. This is the way through the challenging year that we've started in 2021. It's taking on an attitude that this is not just about ourselves and protecting ourselves. It's not just about our own struggles that we're facing, but about how we can help others despite the challenges that we're going through. It's about caring for others and looking for the needs around us and responding to those needs. You may not realize it, but you have incredible opportunities to reach out to others who are in desperate need. It's been inspiring to hear stories about many who have been willing to reach out and help others, healthcare workers, first responders, police. They faced a lot and have stepped up to the challenges to serve others at great costs. We looked at sacrifice last week. Today, we're going to be looking at the concept of how we respond to and treat each other and the importance of putting our love into action. I think that most of us are way past cabin fever. One of the difficulties of this social isolation is that we tend to get on each other's nerves and develop short fuses. When we think about the way that we are supposed to love each other as husbands and wives, this becomes even more essential and challenging during quarantine. This is where the beautiful passage in 1 Corinthians 13 comes in. Boy, and you talk about sacrifice to actually live out these different aspects of what it means to treat each other with love. This will involve great personal sacrifice. When we look at the concept of thriving through this time in our relationship with each other, 
it's crucial that we examine how we're treating each other and others around us that we're supposed to be loving. Remember, love is not a feeling, but an action. It's something that we do. C.S. Lewis made a good point in his book, Mere Christianity, that our feelings are a result of obedience. That is, if we want to feel in love with our spouse, we need to act in loving ways towards them. If we begin to act more and more loving toward our spouse in the way that we respond, then we will eventually have feelings of intimacy and love towards them. We're going to read this passage in 1 Corinthians 13 and discuss some of the aspects that Paul deals with there. Really, we should spend a good amount of time on each of these areas. Maybe we can at some point in the future do a series on how to fall in love with each other again. I think this is the way to fall in love again and rekindle the romance by choosing to express love in tangible and specific ways. I absolutely agree, my love. It is in our choosing to love that we begin to have feelings come back. It's choosing to do each of these things in your relationship with your spouse and those around you that you will begin to have a greater affection for them. Let me read the passage. This is 1 Corinthians 13, 4-8. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Boy, there's a lot you could cover in this passage. As we said, we'll probably leave most of it for a new series. But let's focus on a few of the things that apply specifically to our time with coronavirus. One of the things that you can do for homework is to walk through this passage and take some time on each element to discuss as a couple how well you do in loving each other. Love is patient. Paul doesn't start off with an easy one. To be patient means to not react or overreact or make a comment, criticize or judge someone for what they have done or not done. It is taking someone as they are and extending grace in their weaknesses and struggles. As you look back over the past couple of weeks, can you see the times in which you have not been patient with your spouse? Maybe they made a mistake or said something that has set you off. To be patient means to bear with, to be kind to them. It's interesting to see how many times Paul talks about bearing with one another in the New Testament. I think bearing with means being patient with other, the other person's weaknesses. Just because something is said and done doesn't mean that you have to respond to it. You don't have to react. It's letting the small things go. Solomon writes in Proverbs, It is your glory to overlook an, an offense. We're spending more time together because of social distancing and everything being closed down. It can be a great thing, but it can be a challenging if it causes you to be impatient with each other and testy. Here's the sacrifice of love, not responding to or reacting to, but being patient with your love. Well, let's look at another one. Um, how about it doesn't, does not insist on its own way. There is sacrifice again. That's what love is all about. We want our own way. You think that you're right. You think that you know what's best. You think you know the best way to do something. Isn't that true? Okay, maybe not always, but enough that it causes some friction and tension. To love your spouse means to let them have their way. Paul talks about it in another place as giving preference to one another. 
How many tense situations and arguments would be avoided if we simply did not insist on our own way? That's so very true. And let's look at one more. Love believes all things. Do you always believe the best in your spouse? Do you assume the best or the worst in them? Or do you question their motives and thoughts? We can find ourselves assuming the worst to justify our reactions or thoughts about our spouse or to win an argument. We should live with our spouse seeing that they want the best and are trying, just as we are, imperfectly. We need to believe that they really love us and care about what's right and do want the best for the relationship. That believing all things about our spouse should factor in the way that we view them and respond to them. That takes sacrifice because we need to give up our false characterizations of them that suit our own selfish ends. It's not fair to them and not productive in the relationship. Okay, let's go on to the third aspect of love. We looked at the idea of sacrifice. We looked at uh, the idea of how we respond out of 1 Corinthians 13. And the third aspect is action. John writes, Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Let that sink into your mind and your heart. Love is action. It is a response to the needs of others. So often in our world today, there is so little love seen in the way that individuals speak, treat, and actually care for each other. There is far too little a desire to sacrifice comfort and self for the needs of others. This is in contrast to God's sacrificial love. We tend to stand by indifferently when we should be led to an immediate and sacrificial response. Jesus repeatedly described those who should have loved better. Luke 10, 25-37 records the story that Jesus shares with his followers regarding the need to respond in love, the Good Samaritan. He was looking toward his disciples going out into the world and wanted to ensure that they were disciples that would love and care for those to whom he was sending them. In this passage, it's pointed out that the second greatest commandment was to love your neighbor as yourself. It is implied in this commandment that we already love ourselves. The care and concern that we have for our own needs and our bodies should be the standard by which we respond to others. A man will seldom go too long without responding to his need for food or rest. He understands the need and never fails to respond to it. And the parable that Jesus tells right after this gives a clear contrast between the Jonas of the day we talked about last time and what Jesus expected for his followers There were two religious individuals that saw the need of the man who was beaten and lying on the side of the road, but turned away and didn't respond. It was only the Samaritan who cared and acted sacrificially. In verse 33, Jesus said the good Samaritan took pity on the man lying in the road. Pity has the idea of seeing a need and feeling a compassion that would lead to action. The Good Samaritan was extravagant in his response to the need, including immediate medical care, food, and shelter. He had a specific, practical, and immediate response to the need. All this was given at his own expense. And that should be the standard by which Christians live. With so many in need around us, do you have pity and care, or do you walk by them indifferently? Jesus indicated at the end of the parable that the man who answered him should go and do likewise. He called his disciples to follow the example of the Good Samaritan. 
the Christian should go and do likewise. This again is the essence of love. It is seeing the need and responding to it out of mercy and compassion. That response often involves getting our hands dirty. It involves sacrifice, sometimes much more than paying for food in a night at an inn, as the Good Samaritan did. And when Jesus called his disciples in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples, it's interesting all that was involved. Certainly the core element of making disciples involves the gospel and the change of heart. Our great compassion will lead us to share the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection to save men. This need for salvation is the greatest need that the Christian should respond to. But in Mark chapter 16, there are a number of things that would characterize or should characterize his followers as they went out to make disciples. This is an echo of what Jesus told his disciples back in Matthew 10.8 when he first sent them out. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Jesus' heart for the lost and his compassion for people was to be expressed through his followers. They likewise were to recognize the broken that were in need of compassion in every area of their life. The, the love that the Father has for the world and the love that Jesus demonstrated for the world is the same love that his followers are to have. This is a love that seeks to respond to the needs of those around them and bring men and women to the Savior who loves them. All the Christian has to do is open his eyes. Around him are individuals who are struggling in their lives and dealing with many of the issues of the day, depression, anger, loneliness, conflict, and much more. It may not be evident at first glance, but the needs are there. The Christian, again, is in a lifeboat, and if he will open his eyes, he will see the people around him in the water who are struggling and close to drowning. It may be an elderly couple that needs someone to get them groceries. Maybe it's an individual that is seriously struggling and needs an ear and a compassionate friend to call them every week. Maybe there's a family in financial straits because of a job loss, and they need groceries or money to help pay the rent. Maybe it's a couple that needs a godly older couple to come alongside them for counseling to help them in their struggling marriage. And the real question is whether the Christian will respond to those needs and reach out his hand into the waters. The water's cold, and there certainly is some inconvenience and risk involved. When the Christian loves and rescues the lost, he demonstrates the love that he has experienced and is called to follow. So your homework, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to do one of the two following things. First, is to go through the list in 1 Corinthians 13 as a couple and take the time to read each part of love and discuss whether you are actually practicing it with each other. The other option is to discuss as a couple and plan on how to act in love by caring for another person, another couple, another family. There are going to be practical, specific, and sacrificial steps that you will need to take if you're going to love those around you and make an impact in this time. Well, let me pray for us. Father, I just pray, God, as we go out through this week, that you would help us to love, to love our spouse, to love our family, our children, to love those that are around us, God, that are in great need. Open our eyes to see those needs and to respond as you call us to. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this this week. Thanks for being with us. And we want to encourage you to rate the podcast. And also click the button on the bottom to share this with a friend right now. 
Next week, we will want to spend one more week looking at this concept of love. But next week, we're going to be looking about how we can love the Lord more. That's the first and the greatest commandment. In the midst of all that we're going through with coronavirus and all these things, it can be very easy to let our love for God fade away. That's what we're going to be looking at next week on Married by Design. 